Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Texas Hemp Coalition podcast. I am your host and executive director, Alyssa Nolan. And today we have a new guest who is actually one of our newest board members of the Texas Hemp Coalition, Mr. Colt Power of Power Biofarms in Fort Worth, Texas. How are you doing, Colt? I am doing great. Thank you very much for having me on. And yeah, extremely excited to uh, be a new board member with the coalition as well. So it's a big, big week. Yes, we're excited to have you. And uh, we know that you come with a lot of experience and you have started this company in the hemp space. So I'm going to turn it over to you to kind of tell us about yourself, uh, your business and uh, what y'all do within the hemp industry. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, we are Uh, up here in Fort Worth. I personally am from Dallas originally. Um, So is my wife, who's an integral part of our team. Um, And uh, we both grew up in Dallas. I went up to uh, Notre Dame and uh, played lacrosse up there, which was kind of important for some of the rest of my story we'll get back to. But um, came back down here, started working in commercial real estate afterwards, um, after college. And then uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, kind of finally had that that push to go start a business on my own. I'd always wanted to. Um, I had uh, really wanted to be a doctor, really been fascinated by medicine and engineering when I was younger. And um, as much as I do love commercial real estate, um, it just didn't scratch that itch and that tangible, I need to make something. I kind of like like, yeah, like the medical science side of things. And, and I saw at the beginning of the pandemic that Texas had been uh, opening up their licensure for processors and growers. And um, it all just kind of started to click in my head. By that time, I had already um, had the personal uh, anecdotal kind of story of it. I was pretty beat up. I have a bad knee. I have a screw in my foot from when I used to play lacrosse and uh, just wasn't able to really exercise anymore and kind of just had constant pain. And um, it was hemp and CBD products that really got me moving again and got me feeling better. Um, and so I just started to, after I started to feel better, learn more um, and dive deeper. And that's, like I said, kind of led me to the inspiration to, to start the business. But um, from that point, uh, yeah, Reagan, had, Reagan, my wife has, has been a nurse at uh, Parkland hospital. She's been a medical ICU nurse there since uh, right after she graduated from TCU. And uh, she was working actually hands-on in the COVID unit during, right after she got off maternity leave for our second kid. She uh, put the scrubs back on and went right back in there and was working, you know, six days a week, days and nights. It was, it was bananas. Um, so that was also part of yeah. Hey, let's, let's do something as a family and maybe that's enough, enough of that. And, um, so she jumped on, on the team as well. Um, and then we've been paired up since then and, and grown a team. We have Nick Williams as a phenomenal cultivator who is working with us. He is extremely experienced and familiar with the plant. Um, originally from Arkansas, but now here, uh, local DFW. And then we have Stephanie, uh, who is running all of our digital and social. And so we're a a lean team, but um, I guess getting onto what we do, we're an indoor farm here. We've got a warehouse uh, just near DFW airport, technically city of Fort Worth. Um, We're an indoor farm. We grow vertically, uh, real efficient um, on pallet racks. So we're two and three plants high uh, under one roof. And then also under the same roof, we have a solventless extraction lab and we manufacture all of our own products. So seeds come in the door, seeds, soil, and nutrients come in the door. 
and finished products go out. It's all done by our team here. Uh, yeah, here in this facility. And um, that's, that's what called to me. It's not the easiest way to do things, uh, but it makes a good high quality product that we believe in. And um, that's why we're here. I love that y'all are involved in the vertical growing aspect of the industry indoor. I, I don't know many people in Texas that have been brave enough to do it. So it's exciting to hear that y'all are involved. I think it's more efficient. It's innovative. I definitely think it's the way of the future. So, you know, I want you to explain a little bit more about y'all's vertical integration and growing what made y'all want to do that. And uh, if there's somebody out there in the industry, that's industry, that's interested, what advice would you give them? Um, Oh, it's funny talking about vertical because actually, yeah, it's, it's we're vertical in two ways. Yeah, vertical on the farming side, like with the literally vertically stacked plants, but then also vertically integrated being our own extractor and processor. Um, I'd say on the growing side, I, mean, I have not done a big grow. I've been and toured and, and talked to people that operate big single level rooms. But as soon as that idea and concept really, as soon as I grasped it and the implications of how much more efficient you can operate, uh, it just seems like a no brainer to me. Um, you know, coming out of the commercial real estate world, everything being done on a square foot, but then you look at, you know, these warehouses and places where people are building out and grows and it's a lot of cubic feet. That's more looking at things the way, um, like cold storage and, uh, and really big warehouse operators do. It's, it's not just so much floor space. Um, you know, I think the challenge in that, especially if you're another grower out there looking for a facility or trying to design something is just because you can fit it in and plan it, uh, like space wise, doesn't mean that facility is prepared infrastructure wise for what you're about to do. So we, uh, built out our room, got the pallet racks in there, started setting everything up. Um, I guess we figured out earlier in that design process, but the power available to the building was about a third of what we needed it to be. Cause as you stack all those plants, that's a lot of lights and a lot of lights means a lot of electricity. Um, plumbing was a little simpler to figure out, but that I think would be the number one thing to make sure you understand is what does a facility need and what facilities can work for something like that. Cause it is pretty intensive. Um, but uh, beyond that on the vertically integrated side, I think my, uh, my nature is just, I just would rather do something my, myself. I love, uh, I don't know, getting to, to know that it was done right because I did it myself um, and believe in the product <laughs> that way. But but also the efficiencies of, um, I guess, getting able to come up with, with new SKUs and, and, you know, we make a harvest and, and then trim. Well, we've got stalks and stems. We've got fan leaves. We've got the, the shake and we've got the buds and because that's all coming from us and we have the ability to do different things. We can kind of monetize all different types of the plants. And um, that, that just seemed like a, uh, a very efficient, compelling way to do it. I think so. I think that y'all are kind of like on the beginning end of that, you know, you see most people in Texas that went straight for farming outdoors or they went straight for farming in a greenhouse or, or indoors. Just think vertically is the way to go. I'm an ag girl in my background. So anytime we heard of something that was innovative, it was like urban farming, you know, it's like the new thing. And um, I think being in Dallas Fort Worth, it makes a lot of sense for y'all to do something like that. A, a big inspiration too for kind of the model. I mean, one, I wanted to be close to home, and so obviously here in DFW, that didn't mean I'd get to have have a bit, lot of big farmland. Uh, also, my dad uh, comes from a farming background in Mississippi, uh, where he grew up, and and I'd heard enough from him about 
the, you know, the weather and all the things that come natural with most all farming. And that just terrified me with the, with the kind of vertical me- measure. And, oh yeah. Um, that, that means I don't have the stomach, which I respect <laughs> out there to all of the, all of the typical farmers. It is, it is a tough job and I respect y'all so much for all the, all the battles every day. Um, but, uh, what was I saying on, um, we were talking about, you know, the fact that y'all are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and that yes. you are vertically integrated and you're vertically farming. Right. So uh, back to being in DFW, that's what I was thinking of, uh, was I look around at the local breweries, local distilleries and these things like that that are here within the city center and the way that they're able to attract following, have people out to their facilities. I think you know, we basically have the same setup as oh, a medical cool. grow, you know, um, but under the hemp program, we don't have the restrictions. You know, we don't have, we have plenty of security to keep our stuff safe, but we don't have to have 70 security cameras and all kinds of uh, access badges and things. And we can bring people in and help teach them about the plant medicine um, and build a culture around it. So that's part of the goal is, is bring it into the city and, and yeah, have something we can build a community around. Well, that's cool to hear. So y'all are doing tours, inviting people in, educating them. What, what are you seeing and what are, what's the feedback that you're getting from people when they do come into the facility and they're learning about the plant and the program? Everyone has been so fascinated whenever they come to her. Um, you know, we've been doing it so far on kind of a small group individual basis. Um, but we are working towards like kind of standing tours on Saturday or Sunday, or maybe a couple of times a month. Um, but it's just so clear that the comfort level um, is is there immediately when people can come and see it and talk about it and see from start to finish, you know, in, in one facility, like, okay, well, here's the mom plants. They take the cuttings from and they move to this room and they get bigger and we'll stop and talk about the, the different stages of the plant and, and then go show them how the extraction works. And I think it's, it's a very, very good educational tool and people are definitely less intimidated or, scared than they were used to be on the other side. So in terms of education and, you know, y'all are getting out there into the community, you're educating these consumers. What is, what are some things that you would like to see more in the industry as far as education goes for the plant, for maybe people that are in the industry dealing with regulatory issues, in your opinion, what, what do you think it's lacking and what would you like to see? Um, I think I mean, there's still such a gap just on general consumer uh, consumer knowledge at all. Um, I think um, more specifically, I guess some of the minor cannabinoids in particular, I think are extremely confusing to people. You know, I think that ties in extremely closely with the legislative issues. Um, and I'd, on one hand, I think that's, that's one of the most edu- important educational fronts because it's where so much of the press is and, and where this legislation is happening. But it's also such a moving target. Like the challenge on the education side is well, what are you teaching them? Because it seems to be changing so frequently. Um, but, I mean, that's just a part of the space. So It, it really is. It's ever-changing. I feel like everybody is learning and we're all learning so much. And I feel like there's always some new minor cannabinoid that's coming out that is the new thing. So at your company, I know that you said that you grow, that you also manufacture. So I'd love to hear a bit more about what you manufacture at your facility. And is that just for your own personal brand? Do you white label, uh, work with other individuals that could possibly bring in their hemp to be processed? What do y'all do on that side of things? 
So uh, originally we were looking at that being a bigger part of our business on, on third-party processing. Right now, um, that's not a focus. However, uh, we are doing contract manufacturing and, uh, and white labeling. Um, and we are uh, yeah, working with a couple of brands now to, to uh, get, get that grown and, and pushed out. We primarily use most of our stuff for our own brand, um, but I think you know, those ratios will change as we continue to grow. Um, we primarily just want, yeah, good products and getting out into people's hands. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's we, good we love, um, I, sorry, I didn't answer the question of, of what we make, <laughs> but uh, we make um, from our solventless rosin, we make our own oils, uh, like tinctures, we make gummies, we make... Um, Let's see. We got we got a balm right now, and a we have pet treats and pet oil and uh, some bath products. But um, that's one of the fun things of being our own manufacturer, constantly working on new SKUs. You know, some of those brands that we're working with have come to us with requests as to what they'd like to see, um, and those type of things are are so fun for us. Uh, kind of getting to see a new requirement and, and come up with it and, and make it bring it to life. Well, I'm sure, and I'm sure product development is fun is thinking of whatever consumers are wanting. Are you, what are you, are some of y'all's best sellers? Do you think, and do you have any new exciting items that y'all are working on that you can share with us? <laughs> so our Delta eight gummies, um, with the way the market's been has, has, uh, been a top seller. You know, we'll say that is, uh, one of the last SKUs we have where we, we have, we do source Delta eight. We don't have the ability to make that in house. But that leads into the exciting part of we're very close to having our own um, Delta 9 hemp dry products that will be entirely created from our own farm and from, from our own extraction lab. And we, we intend for that to kind of replace um, a lot of those Delta 8 products just so we can keep everything consistent. Um, but we're extremely excited about that. Yeah, complete the story of, of all under all over, all under one roof. Um, and uh, yeah, and with that, we're working on adding some more uh topical products in particular, some skin, skincare and, and like muscle rubs. Okay. It's giving me this, you know, it's like a farm to table type thing that a lot of people in urban areas really like as you are growing it, you're processing it, you're manufacturing it, and you have your own retail product. Are you seeing that consumers really like that aspect to where they know where it's coming from? So they feel a little more like there's better quality. Definitely. And that's, and that's our whole kind of goal is to, uh, because there is such that gap on education. I mean, we, we want to do our best to bridge that gap and that's a huge part of it, but we think that the way we do things helps give people that comfort um, to help kind of bring over the hump. And we've seen a great response as we've gotten out and gotten to events and just talking to, uh, to customers and, and other people in the industry at events. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been well received. So, you know, I come from the legislative background and I think of Fort Worth as a very conservative city, right? It's very conservative. The majority of the representatives and the senators are all Republican. Um, has that affected the way that your business is done in the area um, with the hemp program, maybe the way that they view things? I'm curious. Um, I was holding my breath from the start uh, <laughs> concerned that Fort Worth was going to have some issues uh, or at least give me, I guess, some more scrutiny um, around what we were doing and where we were doing it within their city limits. We did learn very early on that we were the first hemp farm, indoor hemp farm for sure. I don't know, there may be other processors, but they, they basically had to create a zoning class for us uh, oh, wow. for our use. 
which just took a little bit of time, but in their, you know, in their support, it was not difficult. It just was, we had to educate them as to what we were doing and what it looked like and they had to understand it. But uh, no, it was, it was much more challenging dealing with uh, the service utility service providers getting our electricity than it was. City support has been great. Um, you know, we had, uh, we had early on, someone called the cops and tried to say there was an illegal grow going on and the city was great and had our back there. And they're like, no, it's not. But um, yeah, they've been great. That's awesome. And I know that a lot of conversations that we have with growers that are out there and people who have products or retail stores is um, maybe they haven't had those conversations with their city government or with DPS, police officers, you know, troopers. What's some advice that you could give to those retailer stores, growers, where because you come from this conservative, very conservative city where y'all were the first group, what's some advice that you could give to them to make sure that they're protected? or to have conversations with those uh, people to be open and honest. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was about to say. I think, I think the play, uh, at least for us and for, for me is, uh, it's one of the reasons I love CBD just kind of generally anxious person. Like it, it, it helped me feel so much better knowing I was proactive and went out and had those conversations and said, Hey, this is what we are. This is what we're doing. It. This is where we're doing it. What do we need to know? What do you want to know? So that there's not, yeah, someone showing up to a call thinking they're, you know, that's a terrifying job. And they, they think they're walking into what X when you, they could have known in advance that it's, it's not that at all. Uh, I'm sure there's a chance if you're, if you're proactive and try to have that conversation, you could get the wrong person and it might not go your way. But I think generally, even in, even in most of these places, uh, when you're falling, crossing your T's and dotting your I's, the people are, are in support. I agree. And I think that's what more people need to hear. And why we have a podcast like this is because there are so many individuals that don't necessarily know what aspect of the industry they want to be in. And so from hearing from people like you who kind of started from scratch in a, you know, a city where they had to create a new zone for you and you had to, you know, work with utilities and everyone else. I think that it's just good for them to hear and good advice. So thank you for sharing. Um, so yeah, I wanted to go back to your athletic career. I know you said you played lacrosse, right mm-hmm. now. And yeah. so your injuries from that kind of using CBD products, you feel like it really assisted in your recovery. It did. It took, I mean, I, I was feeling after, uh, after a couple of years out of college, um, and the issues that I have, I have the fun part about the knee injury I have is that it never really tells me that I'm doing something I shouldn't be until a day later. Uh, it doesn't hurt and then it'll be swollen up so bad. Like I can barely walk, barely move it. Um, and it wasn't until regularly taking CBD that it kind of gave me that back, that ability first to just get back on the bike and be able to, to do that and it not hurt. And then like now I'm actually back into playing and I just, I, I wish this had been available or I'd known, I guess like it wouldn't have even matter if I'd known about it, if it had been available and legal for like drug testing and things back when I really was playing. And I think, uh, I think the potential in particular for athletes at any level, um, is just so good. And, and that, that is what I'm most passionate about in the plan. I think there's, you know, so many great benefits, but the athletic performance and recovery, uh, is, is huge. And, um, with that kind of both as a company and a brand, uh, we're trying to be, be active within the, the lacrosse community. Um, I still have a lot of connections there. Like, for example, we haven't announced yet, but we're, we, we have t- VIP tickets to the, pr- the Premier Lacrosse League is coming to Frisco this summer in July, bringing all eight of their teams to play four games, and we're going to give away tickets to that, sponsor some players, and 
um, yeah, try to spread the word. I think it was a couple of weeks ago that NCAA finally took CBD off their restricted list, which was about to be a big advocacy project of mine, but the, they yep. beat me to it. So. Yeah. And there's, so I'm glad you brought all this up because I feel like there's this market to be tapped into with athletes and we've seen more athletes such as golfers, basketball players. I know that there's a partnership with NFL that's going on. Um, you even look at the professional bull riders association that has a partnership with a CBD brand as well. Um, so it's, it's important and it's a, an important part of recovery and it, and it really does help people. It really does. Yep. It really does. Doesn't have the side effects of other things. You know, yeah, I don't have to to, to get started on all all the, the yeah. benefits, but it. Uh, yeah, I think that's it's something that I'm very passionate about. Well, very cool. I love that you came from that background. You had this experience, and like, look, it really does work because I feel like when you do have that, you know, firsthand experience of look, this has happened to me. It worked. Now I've got this brand and this company We're vertically integrated. You can trust me. <laughs> I feel like that speaks volumes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, you, you put, you, yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, that's the way that it is. And we see that with a lot of, you know, the pioneers in the industry, that's really the way that it is, is they're truly growing their products, they're processing it, or they're processing it with a manufacturer and in the state of Texas or someone that they trust. And then we've got all of our bad actors out there that, you know, just what are we going to do? But the longer, do you feel like the longer we're in this industry, do you think that we're going to be able to regulate a little more to where those bad actors aren't as prevalent or what, what do you think? What do you see for the future? I think as uh, consumer knowledge and continues to grow and the market continues to mature, I think so much of that will shake out. I mean, I hope there are certain things that, that are legislated that, that just for um, some of the low hanging fruit on safety and testing and, and some of the protocols, I think that'll help cover that up. But I, I think for the most part, uh, it's a new industry where there's room for sketchiness and, and bad actors. So of course there's going to be, but people will stop buying their stuff or they won't rise to the top. They won't have longevity or, I mean, they probably were never in it for that. And anyways, they're here for a quick buck and, and don't necessarily care, but I think it'll, I think it'll all even out. Um, kind of looking at like, like Oklahoma, like I doubt that's, that's a sustainable amount of companies in the space, not even to say bad actors, good actors, just oh yeah, as a new industry and, and regulation, how that they didn't do much. It'll, it'll sort itself out. Um, I think over time too. So. I agree. And you were just kind of touching on some things that you would like to see change. So what are some of those things that you would like to see changed in this next legislative session or that you think would help you and how you efficiently run your company? Um, I mean, the, the, the testing cap, the THC cap would be huge. Just getting to 1% um, would be awesome. You know, we haven't had many, but I think we've had 20 to 25 harvests in this facility since we moved in. And I think we've had three or four that went, that went hot, but I mean, you know, there's a decent amount of plants in that. And it, they weren't hot by a lot. It was just enough that they were over that threshold. And um, after you work so hard on something for 16 weeks, it's pretty sad to have to destroy it all but um definitely i think that would be good um you know i think i think there needs to be some covering of gray areas and, and unlegislated areas on like work in progress and some of the thc stuff there um where you know, by nature all concentrates if you take a full spectrum concentrate concentrate it, it goes hot yeah and there's nothing addressing that 
you know, on either side, like a, it, it's uh, it's a little uncomfortable. It doesn't seem like anyone's um, prosecuting or really going after things to that extent on that, but that would be, that would be extremely helpful. Um, those two in particular, Got I think it. I'd love to see some changes. I think we're, we're definitely one of the heaviest users because the way we do things uh, in year round of the TDA's program, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of permits. Um, part of that will will be less painful as we continue to scale up within our facility. But um, you know, when we're growing from clones the same way in the same facility over and over, it, it would be nice to, I guess, have a system a little bit more designed for for our model versus the big the big outdoor model. But I also know we're we're a minority and. Um, I don't mind working with it. So, well, there are a lot more people out there that are like you than I think most realize and everybody's on the same page. And I think that's one thing that we're excited to have you on board because these are things that we can get together as a coalition with our members and be able to push these initiatives on behalf of the farmers and the business members out there. So, you know, again, out there to anyone, you know, we are accepting membership in the coalition. We want you to be involved and uh, you know, they Colt and his company were members before they became board members. So it's uh, I think it just goes to show it's, it's your level of involvement that you want and of the changes that you want to see made in the industry. So uh, Colt, thank you so much for being with us here today. And I'm going to let you have the last word. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we uh, finish off this podcast recording? Oh, just thank, thank you to, for the listen. Thank you for uh, yeah, having me on. And um I think it's uh, it's uh, everything's looking bright. There's there's challenges, but you know it's a lot of good people working on uh, fighting the good fight, and I'm excited to see how things are going to change here in the next uh, couple couple of years. I agree. And if anybody's trying to find you, uh, where's the best website, social media? Yep, uh, powerbiofarms.com, and our name is a little tricky. Uh, Power. P-O-W-E-R, and then BioFarms is B-I-O-P-H-A-R-M-S. A uh, little play on words there, farms, farms. Um, like it. But uh, also at Power BioFarms on Instagram and uh, just Power BioFarms on Facebook. Awesome. Well, y'all know where to find them. They're right there in Fort Worth, Texas. Their facilities, like he said, are open. So please go and tour them if you're in the DFW area, if you're passing through. And thank you again, Colt. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you.